Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs and advanced practice nurses with certified financial planner Jeremy Stanley and CRNA Sharon Pierce. Jeremy Stanley has worked with CRNAs for more than 23 years, and Sharon Pierce is a former president of the AANA and the NCANA. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA and advanced practice nurse industries. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7. Hello, Ms. Sharon. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back in the U.S. of A. and I've been gone for a few weeks. I haven't seen you in a while and uh, trying to get my body acclimated to the, the time change. You know, we were 14 hours and 16 hours ahead in Australia and Fiji. So, uh, you know, at least I'm not going to bed at three and five in the morning anymore. So. Well, you look good with all your jet lag anyway. That's all that matters, Thank doesn't you. it? You know, a little a little tan makes me look a little better anyway. So. <laughs> a little tan makes us all look a little better. <laughs> well, I am so excited. I set up something um, for us to take today and didn't kind of let you know about it until the last minute. But you know how to roll with the punches, Jeremy. So this is very exciting. Yeah, and no, this I'm, is going to be right on in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this one. And uh, Sharon, why don't you just do a little brief introduction of our guest today? Well, I will give you some background. I knew this gentleman hey. when he served in the North Carolina General Assembly, and then he went on, ran a statewide race, and became North Carolina's state treasurer. So he serves uh, on the Council of State for North Carolina. And so I would like to introduce Dale Falwell. So Dale, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce your topic that we're going to have, we're going to talk about today. Uh, thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me, and uh, I'm honored to uh, be with you and also with many of your podcasters who actually have the responsibility of saving lives in our country. As a person who was uh, not patient zero in North Carolina, but close to it in March of 20 with a blood ox level of 82, while I was consuming eight liters of oxygen, uh, one of the early contractors of covid I, I know how important what these folks do on a daily basis is. So I just want to start my remarks by thanking you for having me and thanking them for what they do on a daily basis. I uh, was asked the other day by the Chamber of Commerce to stop using the word cartel. Now, <clears throat> the reason I use the word cartel, Jeremy, is that uh, back when I was growing up in Winston-Salem as a motorcycle mechanic and a garbage collector, uh, I stuttered more then than I do now. And I was advised by my professor at Winston-Salem State that when I was struggling to find just the right word uh, to go to the Webster's Dictionary, cartel is defined in your Webster's Dictionary, Sharon, as an association which is formed to restrict competition or raise prices. And what we are seeing in North Carolina is the cartelization of healthcare. Mm. And <clears throat> the reason I use that word is if you think about cartels in the general sense of that the product that people normally associate with cartels, 
the first thing you got to talk about is supply. This cartel controls the supply of their product through something called a certificate of need. And it doesn't mean, doesn't matter if you're from the East and you say the word character, or you're from the West and you say character, or I don't know how they say it in Australia, Jeremy, but <laughs> it doesn't matter how you pronounce the word. If you take the first three letters of the sentence certificate of need, it's pronounced con. Mm. It is a con on the people of our state. And we're one of only 13 states that still has the certificate of needs laws. So the cartel controls the supply through the certificate of need. They control the quality of this product. They control the access to this product. They control the price of this product. And then if you don't pay for this product that you would rather not have consumed, then they will threaten to break your kneecaps and destroy your credit score if you don't pay. Mm. And I, I glossed over the fourth item there about price. And uh, Sharon has seen this. Jeremy uh, may have seen this. As the largest purchaser of healthcare in this state, when I attempted to find out what we were paying for healthcare on behalf of those that teach, protect, and otherwise serve, this is what was returned to me by UNC Healthcare as the master price list. Oh my goodness. Wow. I hate my listeners can't see this. It is a <laughs> huge book. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's a 158 page price list that's completely redacted. Oh, and, yeah. 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 I, it looked black. like it was all black pages. I mean, you know, yes. that's crazy. So uh, my point of saying all this to you is this. Uh, people sometimes ask me, you know, Treasurer, uh, you've been taking on this cartel for five years. What would satisfy you? It is so simple. And then we're going to get into the point of this podcast. Number one, in this stack of papers I showed you, and I'm getting ready to split your audience in two. In this stack of papers are two executive orders, one signed by President Trump, one signed by President Biden. President Trump's order was actually strengthened by President Biden. So this is something they agree on. So the first thing we're looking for, and I probably won't get invited back after saying this, is I want the hospital cartel to stop giving the middle finger to the presidents of the United States who have issued executive orders to get rid of secret contracts. Number two, and you can see the report by Julie Havlick on our website, we want the hospitals to start matching the level of charity care that they're supposed to be offering with not the hundreds of millions, but billions of dollars of tax benefit they get in North Carolina. Number three, we want them to stop weaponizing people's credit scores, destroying their upward mobility, lowering their joy of achievement because of things associated with debt collecting of medical bills, especially including widows and widowers. And number four, which we're getting ready to get into is the other report that Julie's done about executive hospital compensation. Uh, this report, uh, you're not gonna be able to see this, uh, your podcasters aren't gonna be able to see this, but let's just take uh, Duke Health for a moment. What 18 hospital executives cost could employ 459 nurses. Wow. What 18 executives pay earn could employ uh, almost 500 nurses. And over a period of time in the last 10 years, uh, what we've observed is these top executives in North Carolina have made $1.75 billion wow. over the last 10 years. And that's the ones we can find out about. Wow. At 11 hospitals, the CEOs 
could what they make could hire 700 11 C, 11 hospital CEOs could hire 752 registered nurses that's what we're after wow. because we we think that we're talking about a product that people don't consume it consumes them wow. oh now that's wow. a killer line that is that's great and and you know one of the things that I picked up on in this study that you had done it said the average worker now loses 20% of a paycheck to healthcare costs. I mean, that is just astounding. I mean, you know, I know that healthcare in, in, in now is over 20% of our GDP, but 20% to healthcare costs. I mean, Treasurer Falwell, there, uh, there's got to be something done about this. I mean, you know, when you've got GDP, 20% healthcare costs, the average worker spending 20% on healthcare costs. I mean, this is one of the biggest problems in our country, not just North Carolina. I think it's everywhere, right? It's, it's everywhere, and uh, in the spirit of uh, former Congressman John Lewis, who had a postage stamp dedicated to him uh, this week, uh, you know, John Lewis always says it's okay to get into good trouble. <laughs> uh, and when you state those facts, Jeremy, you're getting into good trouble because you're pointing out the blind glimpse of the obvious. There's another 20 percenter that you may not be familiar with, and you don't expect this from a conservative Republican like myself. But three and a half years ago, Senator Elizabeth Warren was running for president of the United States, and she stated correctly that 20 percent of the bankruptcies in this country are associated with medical debt. So wow. you can add that her 20 percent to all your 20 percent. Wow. And on top of that, we have state employees who teach, protect and otherwise serve who, depending on their level of income, entry level employees are working one week out of every four to pay the family premium. That's 25%. Wow. So you're exactly right. And the reason that I'm so passionate about this with your listeners is simply this. I'm not going to be on the wrong side of history. And anyone who continues to demand secret contracts, continues these CEOs policies of breaking people's kneecaps, of not telling people what things cost, and not telling them what the charitable care offerings are so that maybe they would never get a bill to start with, those individuals are on the wrong side of history. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Can we just digress for a moment and just talk about, I mean, during COVID, there was a ton of money given to these hospital systems for care. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking in here and it's about one and a half billion dollars, it looks like, um, in, in 2020. And those, a lot of those funds ended up with these executives that you're talking about. Um, in fact, a, a large percentage of that. And in my mind, as in your mind, and I'm sure Sharon's as well, there seems to be an issue with that. Well, the issue is, and, and by the way, Sharon's originally from D.C., and for those around the country who may have heard what I just said, 
that is <laughs> Davidson County. That's right. That's that, right. That, <laughs> that, 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 and it's near LA, North Carolina, which is lower Archdale. Lower Archdale. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, my, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this is that it doesn't matter if you're in Davidson County or Washington, DC or anywhere else in this country. Uh, what has happened here, Jeremy, is that these hospital executives and their boards have gotten their P's crossed. The purpose of these entities was to put patients over profits. And wow. now and now what we have is profits over patients. And you asked you brought this topic up just a moment ago, Jeremy. And you can go to our website. Other reports that Julie has done is another report called Hospital Profits During COVID. And so you can read all about this. And this is not just what Julie is saying, not just what the eyes of state treasurer in North Carolina is saying. Uh, all of these reports that we're doing are peer reviewed by a lot of additional smart people at Johns Hopkins University, Rice University, University of Southern California, and some partnerships we have with Duke University. So this is not us just saying things. All of this data is peer reviewed by these groups. And and the difference in this topic and anything else you may talk about with your podcasters going forward is that everybody knows that something's wrong. Mm. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how handsome you are, how pretty you are, how smart you are, doesn't matter where you are on the on the scales of our society, everyone knows there's something wrong in healthcare. You know, in the article, and we'll link this in in the show notes, but I love this quote from you. It said, doctors and nurses risked their lives during the pandemic, but most hospital executives didn't even cut their own pay. Instead, these systems grabbed millions of taxpayer-funded COVID relief dollars that were meant for struggling hospitals and then gave their executives a pay raise. Let's go back. When did you decide or you saw that this was a problem or had an inkling that it, CEO pay was a problem? Do you want to give us some historical perspective before you got to your findings of what led you down this path? The historical perspective goes back to 250 years ago when the church that I'm a member of, Springfield Friends, was founded in High Point, North Carolina. Our church was founded before our country was founded officially. And one of the spices of the Quaker religion is to be fair and just. And what that means is that uh, in my particular case, God gave me the vision to see what needs to be seen, the humility to listen for what needs to be heard, and the courage to act on what needs to be done. So this all started with me very quickly, and this is, applies to many of your other listeners across the country is that when I was sworn in as the keeper of the public purse, even though we just got we just got back-to-back -back wins as being the number one business state in the United States, I inherited a $34 billion unfunded health care liability. That $34 billion unfunded health care liability is associated with the runaway cost of health care in our state. Now, to be more personal, which I've already mentioned in a few moments ago, is that my job as the keeper of the public purse is to advocate for the invisible. We have nearly a million people on our pension plans. We have nearly 750,000 people on the state health plan. They don't know that I'm the treasurer. They don't know that where the treasurer's office is in many instances. 
They don't know that we run their pension and their 401 and their stay health plan. They don't know who I am, Sharon. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's important. What's important is I know who they are, not that they know who I am. And my point of saying this to you, when I started looking at the fact that we did not have enough young, healthy families on our state health plan to offset people my age, I'm 65 this year, that I realized that the barrier to them being insuring their families was cost. And that cost was manifesting itself through all the things that we've talked about already. So this goes back to my Quaker roots. It goes back to the blood that runs through me. Vision to see. And once you see something, you can't unsee it. Like this CEO executive report. Humility to listen for what needs to be done and the courage to talk about it. So that's that's sort of where it all started 250 years ago. Yeah. And I, I think more people should think that way. Treasurer Falwell, for sure. I mean, you know, here we've got uh, supposed nonprofits and nonprofit these days. I don't, I don't think a lot of people really understand what a nonprofit is or, or what it exactly means. But um, basically, you can hide a lot of stuff in a nonprofit. And, and to me, that looks like what's going on. And, I, you know, when I read through this report, uh, just some of the things that that stood out to me. Um, was hospitals in, I guess this is in North Carolina, they got $1.8 billion in tax breaks in 2020, which is amazing to me. You know, from 2010 to 2021, uh, there was $1.75 billion paid to highly compensated executives. Um, Almost 20% of that was hospital CEOs who took home $308 million. And, and we don't even know if that's correct because the, the tax filings, uh, I guess, are really hard to get a hold of, and we can't really see that. Um, one particular hospital system, I'm not going to name it, but you can if you'd like. I mean, you would ask for this data for, uh, I think, for a, a very long time, and you, you finally got it two days before the publication of this, this study came out. I mean, it's just amazing to me um, you know, during COVID, during a time where everyone in this country was hurting, during a time when, when nurses and physicians were working their selves to the bone to take care of people who had COVID, such as yourself, to make sure people could live, that these statistics are very alarming to me. Um, you know, they were saying, hey, we can't pay these people. We don't have enough money coming in. But then the other side of the equation was you've got another group who was, you know, increasingly making more money. Um, and, and to that point, it, you know, that does somewhat inflame this situation, I'm sure. It just reminds me of, uh, in addition to people getting their, their priorities out of order by putting profits over patients, what you just described was supposed to be need, not greed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now something else I found in the report that was surprising is the CEOs may have made even more money by serving on other boards. So there was one CEO that collected $5.5 million from sitting on the boards of outside organizations that uh, did business within the state. Is that DeVita? Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Roper. Uh, in a publicly traded, and this is all public documents through as that anybody can see on their proxies. And, you know, we're not through looking into that, but it would be really curious to me as to what happened to DeVita's market share in North Carolina over the years that he was on the board. 
I think mm -hmm. their market share may have gone from something to some gigantic market share. So not only was he on the board, but there's a lot more to be looked at in terms of, of how DeVita's stock went up and their market share in our state. Hello everyone, Jeremy here. Beyond the Mask is sponsoring a team for Halos again this year. Halos is an organization that offered support when Sharon lost her grandchild, Emma, two years ago. Halos is a nonprofit that provides emotional and financial support to bereaved parents who have lost a child from miscarriage through age 20. It's run by parents who have lost a child themselves and want to be there for those parents that need love and support or someone who truly understands what they're going through. The only means of support for Halos is through fundraisers and personal donations. Their largest fundraiser is a walkathon, which will take place on August the 6th. Sharon will be emceeing the event. Please consider joining us and donating by going to the show notes to look for the link or by going to the Beyond the Mask Facebook page. Thank you for your consideration. You can find out more information about the 2023 Halos Walk and donate by clicking on the link in the show notes of today's episode on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. 13th Annual Memorial Walk takes place in New Richmond, Wisconsin on August 5th. Now, to look on the other side of the equation, uh, your report also said that during this same time period, registered nurse wages rose only 14.8% in 10 years. So that's 1.4%, whereas some of these CEOs pay rose between 500 and 700%. So the frontline workers suffered, especially nurses. That's right. And the people that saved my life, who who's uh, Cynthia sometimes criticized me because I, as a stutter, I can't ever figure out whether to say squeezed or squoze or whatever the <laughs> word I'm supposed to use. The people who held my hand uh, and prayed with me as, as they gave me more oxygen and as my blood ox level kept falling. There's very few people in March of 20 who had a blood ox level of 82 consuming eight liters of oxygen who is uh, morbidly obese or obese. And by the way, if I'm ever in charge, we're going to have a BMI index for Scottish and Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scottish and Irish people don't need to be on that scale. They, they deserve their own. Right, Jeremy? That's right. You're, That's you, right. you don't look like you need that. But, uh. but, and, and then, I'm as a little bit of treasure humor. See, the New York Times said my humor is well hidden, so I appreciate you laughing this morning. <laughs> uh, but now this is in March of 20. So you, you've got the blood ox, you've got the unit liters of oxygen, you've got the BMI. But something we did not know in March of 20 is that I have one of the worst blood types around for COVID, which is A negative. <laughs> and so my point is, is that in some small respects, I'm a walking miracle. And it's due to the healthcare workers, the nurses who are putting on these hazmat suits. I don't know how many times that they brought the ventilation stuff in to ventilate me, which I think would have been the end of me. But uh, thanks to them and the grace of God and prayers of my family, I'm sitting here talking to you. So I'd like to push all the power and credit for down to them. 
If you're going to the 2023 Annual Congress in Seattle, then listen up. This is your chance to see Jeremy and Sharon in person and attend a live podcast taping. And even better, get some CE credit out of the deal. Mark your calendars for Sunday, August 20th at 3.15 in the afternoon because Jeremy and Sharon will be conducting a live podcast taping at that 2023 AANA Annual Congress in the stunning city of Seattle, Washington. You are cordially invited to join this enlightening conversation. Their topic, they will always be listening, utilizing podcasts in your curriculum and personal life for continued learning. It's an event designed for students, professionals, and indeed anyone with a hunger for learning. They'll delve deep into how you can leverage podcasts as a powerful learning tool in your daily routine. But that's not all. By attending this live taping, you're not just gaining invaluable insights, you're also earning one Class A CE credit. It's a fantastic opportunity to learn, engage, and earn educational credits all at once. So don't forget, Sunday, August 20th, at 3.15 at the AANA Annual Congress in Seattle. Be there for Beyond the Mask and go on this journey of learning together with Jeremy and Sharon. Well, I will tell our listeners that when you were in the State House, you were a great friend to nurse anesthetists. And I spent a lot of time in your office during our supervision battle in 2005 mm-hmm. and going forward. So uh, you you do understand the importance and the value of nurse anesthetists, and we do appreciate that. And I'm known for my memory, and I remember the first time that we spoke, and and I, I'm going to say this as, as elegantly as I can. Uh, generally speaking, when somebody is advocating or lobbying for a certain position, in many parts of our country, uh, it involves support and money. And that when the, when you first sat down with me, I'll never forget telling you this, Sharon, because you were about to go into your pitch about why CNRNA, CRNAs are so important. I said, in the birth of our three children and a couple of other situations, what I've personally observed was a CRNA saying goodbye when they put somebody under and a CRNA saying hello when they came out of it. So right from that point, you and I were connected, not because of the normal things that happens and when efforts are made to get legislation passed is because I knew the importance and I deserved the importance of CRNAs in my life, Cynthia's life and the birth of our children and that's why I've been a strong supporter of yours since then. Yeah, and I think that's that's well noted. You know, I always always tell our CRNA clients and CRNA friends that, you know, CRNAs don't get paid to put people to sleep. They get paid to wake them up because nobody right. cares when you go to sleep. They daggone right. well want to make sure they wake up, and that's that's all of us, you know. So, um, Well, there's – Jeremy, in the technological world, is there any way to determine if people are going to sleep with our dialogue here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what the what the ratings look like when we, uh, okay. when we say that. But, I, but I do, I'm going to go back for just a second because I know you're a CPA and, uh, you know, I, I also have an accounting firm and a, a tax background as well. But, you know, it's really hard to find, one, a CPA with a personality 
which you have, and, and number two, uh, a CPA that can even get a joke out. I mean, you're an anomaly in yourself. I mean, 82 <laughs> blood level, you know, oxygen level. You can tell jokes, and, uh, I mean, you have a personality. I mean, this is great. You, you've got the whole world in your hands. So, uh, I'm, well, amphib- there's- I'm amphibious. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember well, that, too. <laughs> Attention, Beyond the Mask listeners, we need your help. We truly appreciate you tuning in as we peel back the layers of the CRNA and APRN industries, sharing the stories that lie beyond the mask. It's your support that makes our community strong and our podcast possible. We're excited to share that Beyond the Mask has been recognized in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. We're nominated in two prestigious categories the coveted People's Choice Award, and Best Healthcare Podcast. Our podcast isn't just about the stories we tell. It's about the connections we create with you, our listeners. And now we need your help to continue that mission. We're asking you to vote for us, please, in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Again, for the People's Choice Award and Best Healthcare Podcast. Your vote not only helps us win, but also spreads the word about our mission to demystify our corner of the healthcare industry one story at a time. To cast your vote, simply click on the link that's in the episode description. Voting closes on July 31st, so don't delay. We also encourage you to share this with your family, your friends, and your colleagues. Every vote counts, and we appreciate greatly your support. Thank you for being part of our journey and for making Beyond the Mask more than just a podcast. Here's to bringing more stories out of the shadows and into the light. So don't forget, vote for Beyond the Mask for the People's Choice Award and Best Healthcare Podcast. You know, there is definite literature that supports ratios in nursing. And the higher the ratios are, rather, or I don't know if I'm saying that backwards, uh, the lower the ratios are. In other words, patient to nurse ratios, the less patients that a nurse is taking care of, the better the outcome is for the patients. But CEO pay is not correlated with better outcomes for any single patient. So the higher the pay is for the CEO doesn't mean that the patients are doing any better in your hospital. It all boils down to the nurses, the ratios, and their care of the patients. So nursing is getting squeezed and I am co-chair of a national commission on nurse reimbursement, looking at how we can take nursing from the cost side of hospitals to the revenue side, um, which will be really important because we all know that what happens in hospitals whenever they decide to save money, what's the first thing they take money from? the thing that cost them the most, which would be labor cost of nurses. And as a nurse who worked on the floor a long time ago, whenever they were cutting costs, they would take things away that made a a nurse's life easier. So would you like to address any of that, Treasurer Folwell? Well, I'd be glad to. And this goes back to the fourth item of what would satisfy me, Sharon, and that is for these multi-millionaire CEOs who run these multi-billion dollar corporations who disguise themselves as nonprofits to have the courage to tell people what they make and produce their contract because I think their contract would clearly show that they are incented to get their P's crossed, to put the profits over the patients, which is exactly what you just said. 
And, you know, if you're going to make $15 million a year, which one of our CEOs does, and I don't think that includes all his compensation, then have the courage to tell people, you know, why you deserve that. Yeah. Um, and that's not happening. And you're exactly right. And and we see this in law enforcement, too. I mean, you, you think about the people that are closest to the health and well-being of our society, teachers, nurses, law enforcement officers. It seems like when, the you know, the rubber hits the road, they're always trying to make those folks, those individuals jobs uh, more dangerous, less efficient. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, being a Republican uh, by background and conservative, you know, I think, you know, we do believe in capitalism and uh, the things that go along with capitalism. But here you're talking about a use of more of public funds and the, the good of the people in the community. And I think it's a little different, different take. And it's, it's interesting to kind of listen to this, but uh, Treasurer Falwell, I, I know. Well, uh, hey, Jeremy, I'm going to correct you. I mean, I'm not going to correct you. Let me add to what you said. Okay. Novant is the Forsyth Memorial Hospital that was owned by the taxpayers of our community. Atrium, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Hospital Authority, owned by the taxpayers of those communities. Now, there's also another company in Charlotte called Duke Power. Duke Power pays a dividend to their stockholders. Mm -hmm. Atrium doesn't. Mm. So it even goes beyond. It goes back to the embryo of how these entities were even started. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so, sure that's the same all across this country. Absolutely right. it is. Absolutely it is. And, and, and you know, as we wrap up here, because I know that you've got other things to do besides being on our show, we really appreciate you being here. But, you know, one of the things that you, you started with was number four and what you'd like to see. It, it's going to take some sort of legislative action. Um, and what would that look like? And is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with as we kind of wrap up here? Well, this goes back pre-Jeremy and pre-Sharon. When you look at the positive changes that happened in the 60s, it wasn't the result of the lawmakers. The lawmakers were completely corrupted. It was the result of the music. It was the Walter Cronkite when he got back from and throwing his glasses down on that table. It was Marvin Gaye, it was the music. It was the music that was being sung by the average people of this country that ended up changing the minds and the hearts of the lawmakers, which ended up changing the law. So we have got to continue singing this song because until that happens, we will not get the legislative changes that we need. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, you know, I've never thought of it that way, and I think that's a great way to put it. Sharon, I, I think that's pretty much a wrap, uh, unless uh, Treasurer Falwell. I think so. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close up here? Thank you for having me. I hope this has been uh, uh, interesting, and and uh, I appreciate all the work that Julie's uh, done to make these reports jump up on the table. Uh, you can reach out to our office. You can go on our website. Um, I hope you'll provide all these things Uh Jeremy and Sharon. So first report is North Carolina Hospitals Charity Care Case Report. Hope you'll link that one. North Carolina Hospitals uh, Build the Poor. Hope you'll link that one. Hospital Profits During COVID. I hope you'll link that one. Hospital CEO Compensation. And then she's working on other reports that you should uh, stay tuned for. Yeah, that's great. 
And before we wrap this up, um, I think you've made another announcement recently about your next endeavor in the state of North Carolina. And what would that be, Treasurer Falwell? I can't talk about that too much on this podcast because I believe, Sharon, that ethics is what you do when no one's watching. Uh, and I'm sitting in a government building on a government computer. So uh, I can say it, though, you, you because I it. am not. Treasurer Fulwell is running <clears throat> for governor of North Carolina. All right. All right. The the next big endeavor. That's that's great. So you've got another reason to keep going forward here. I do. But thanks to the nurses who allowed that to happen in the third week of March of 2020. Absolutely. And Absolutely. thank you for your all the time support for CRNAs. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, maybe if this goes over well, uh, we can come back on and, and uh, give some more facts and a little more humor and uh, give people a little more empowerment about uh, some other topics. Because, as I said, people are just uh, the world is coming at the people listening to this podcast. I'm just going to be philosophical for a moment. Uh, the world's coming at them so quickly and not in not in the most positive ways. And sometimes podcasts like this can ground people in that, you know, when they can actually listen to people who talk to them like adults and what they hear makes common sense. And when they see that individuals are trying to attack problems and not people, that may just be the mental health shot that they need that day to make them feel like, hey, we're going to come out the other side of this. So thank you for having me. Yep. Exactly right. Well, Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. Till next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Attention, Beyond the Mask listeners. We need your help. We truly appreciate you tuning in as we peel back the layers of the CRNA and APRN industries, sharing the stories that lie beyond the mask. It's your support that makes our community strong and our podcast possible. We're excited to share that Beyond the Mask has been recognized in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. We're nominated in two prestigious categories, the coveted People's Choice Award and Best Healthcare Podcast. Our podcast isn't just about the stories we tell. It's about the connections we create with you, our listeners. And now we need your help to continue that mission. We're asking you to vote for us, please, in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Again, for the People's Choice Award and Best Healthcare Podcast. Your vote not only helps us win, but also spreads the word about our mission to demystify our corner of the healthcare industry one story at a time. To cast your vote, simply click on the link that's in the episode description. Voting closes on July 31st, so don't delay. We also encourage you to share this with your family, your friends, and your colleagues. Every vote counts, and we appreciate greatly your support. Thank you for being part of our journey and for making Beyond the Mask more than just a podcast. Here's to bringing more stories out of the shadows and into the light. So don't forget, vote for Beyond the Mask for the People's Choice Award and Best Healthcare Podcast. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. 
Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.